This isn't your grandma's cancer show. Not your grandma's cancer show. This is Not Your Grandma's Cancer Show. I'm Tatum Duroc, and today we are delving into cancer scams. Both the people that fake cancer and the ones that troll us. You know, the ones selling very expensive snake oil, usually from Germany. Why is it always from Germany? And you know what? This is a time when we have enough on our plates. We're already dealing with so much and side effects and going to the hospital and suddenly there's cancer scams on top of everything. But I have the best guest here with me today to talk about this with and to also give you um, the weird and wonderful tour of cancer scams, as well as places to maybe go to get some more research and find out some more if uh, anything has lured you or anything that you've got questions about. So I'm going to get um, Kynwin to introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm one of the, the founding directors at Shine. And um, yeah, I mean, I always, it sounds terrible to say I love a good cancer scam, <laughs> because obviously, I, you know, I, I don't love the scammers or the scam. But sometimes I just think they're so outrageous and amazing. I, I'm always, I'm always up for reading a good cancer scam story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, tell us what kind of cancer that you had and how old you were when you had it. Sure. So I was uh, 34 and I was diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, and that kind of brought me to, to thinking about this gap in support for younger adults with cancer. Um, but I do remember being in the hospital and uh, someone that my mom knew told her that there was a herb that I could take, um, which would prevent all my hair from falling out. Um, and, and, you know, people wanted to know if I was interested in that. And I remember thinking, one, that probably doesn't work. And two, if it did work, if we're trying to get rid of all the cancer I have in my body, do I, do I need my hair? Maybe I'll just give that one a miss. But uh, yeah. yeah, so they, they start to hit you up early, these scammers, I think. Right. And, you know, who doesn't want to keep their hair at that point? Like, that's the Absolutely. thing. Like, you're so open to this kind of thing. I actually got given um, this pickled ginger um, oh. highly potent and I ate it for like I didn't know what it was I don't even know who gave it to me I think it was a nurse or something yeah. gave it to me it was so disgusting and let me tell you vomiting after chemo pickled ginger not cool not cool that's making me want to vomit right now yeah <laughs> and also we've got Claire with us and we're all on zoom today so Claire tell us about yourself oh hi I'm Claire I um God, I've been around Shine for forever, haven't I? Like, I joined Shine as a member because um, I'd had uh, Ewing's osteosarcoma when I was in my late teens to early 20s. Um, but the fallout from that physically and psychologically has been really long term. So um, I kind of hung around the cancer support scene um, and found this amazing charity. And over the years, I've kind of done more and more until I've bageled my way into it fully. And mm -hmm. so I now do some of their programs with them. And yeah, it's great stuff. Um, and like Kaimwen, I mean, it is. it does feel not okay to say that you love a scam, but it is, I, there's something fascinating about the people behind them and mm -hmm. the psychology that goes, that goes on for people when they kind of make this stuff up. And, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, similarly, like I, I also was given a little box of crystals, which when I was diagnosed by someone who had treatment themselves and said they'd cured it through crystals and 
and I was like I mean and the chemotherapy you had right like not just the crystals <laughs> yeah so they never of... mention that do they <laughs> yeah so um so yeah I mean it it doesn't surprise me that all three of us have our own you know real experiences of that up front and have have you met someone that's lied about having cancer have you met a cancer faker um I yeah I have come across a a cancer faker um kind of you know through someone I knew so I I didn't know them well but yeah somebody who I think thought that their partner was going to break up with them and so they thought oh well they won't break up with me if I say I have cancer um but you know it it's a tricky one to pull off isn't it because if you say don't leave me I'm dying of cancer um and then you know you don't die um it's it's I mean it doesn't work out well for anybody um and so yeah they were they were definitely exposed and I think it caused a lot of of problems it's it's not an easy lie to pull off I don't think no and I mean there's so many things about that and especially because we know that actually a lot of people's relationships do break down when somebody actually has cancer that like if I wanted to keep someone I wouldn't be saying I had cancer like I would think of another lie yeah, um, that's a good point actually. right Very good point because yeah, some people yeah. run for the hills at that point yeah mm. oh and what about you yeah, Claire? I, okay. yeah I do as well I I knew someone when I was younger who it wasn't because of kind of as explicit as saying I have cancer, but who um, started getting lots of symptoms and then was saying that he was having lots of treatment and that he'd found a tumor and, you know, it was, mm. it was going down that route. Um, and like you say, kind of like the, the level of work involved in, <laughs> in creating that myth and the story, like there were documentation, there were like fake trips to hospital, yeah. there were people dropping them off at the, hospital appointments waiting around and obviously they weren't going to them but it like it's it's huge and I mean obviously there's a lot going on for that person right like mm. it's kind of there's something going on that needs needs support it's just not cancer right yeah I yeah and I, I think it's tough if you you know if you do have experience of cancer and then you want to provide support to them and then you find out that actually they don't have cancer that's really upsetting and disturbing to everyone else then too because you sort of feel like you've put your time and effort into supporting someone when it hasn't been real and that's really tough yeah and I think it affects us in in quite a lot of different ways so I I thought oh well maybe I know one person that's faked having cancer when I sat down to think about it I got to about five um, there was like a guy um, that I knew growing up um, who said that he had terminal testicular cancer. Um, somebody else that got like a really bizarre, maybe outside of the mainstream diagnosis. Um, I had someone else saying that she had the same kind of cancer as my mom, who turned out to be a con artist. Um oh. I knew someone else who, she didn't do it to me, but she had this big scar and she would claim that the scar was anything that was related to the person that she was trying to get in with. So if she made you her best friend and you had cancer, then she had cancer. If she made you her best friend, but you had been um, assaulted, then she got it from an assault. So she had been stabbed. She had like all these different things. Um, She'd really been through the mill, hey? Yeah. 
on that one spot. I mean, it was a significant scar. I mean, it was it was a good scar, like, you know, um, probably had a great story, but she would change it. And actually, I was thinking, I went into like a new group of friends once and I was a periphery person, but I said something about cancer and I felt this like weirdness just for a millisecond. And it turned out that the group had just been scammed by someone saying they had cancer. And I was like, oh, um, I can show you my radiation tattoos if that helps. <laughs> Do, do you want to see me? And they were like, no, no, it's good, it's good. We're, ju we're just letting you know that, you know, that just happened. And so I think that sometimes, even subconsciously, because there are some people faking it, that filters into the community of people that really have it. You know, do you look enough like a cancer patient when someone says, oh, you look really well. Do you ever feel like they're doubting it? Clara, have you ever felt someone doubt you? It's, I don't know that it's, I think it's a sensitivity on my part rather than really believing that they don't believe me. Mm. But even the fact that that's in your head, yeah. that there's an element that you think, oh, well, do I have to prove myself? And definitely I do. Like, I mean, my cancer and conditions, you know, certainly my conditions now are invisible. And there is an element of people go, but you look great. And you think, are you saying I look not ill enough to complain about my illness or mm. are you saying you know uh, you think I should be doing more than I'm doing because I look okay to do it so there's a lot it just it just adds a lot to your psyche doesn't it yeah that you sort of carry with you I think when you know this stuff goes on out there mm. and I think also I mean I don't think I don't know that I've experienced that probably I just looked so terrible when I was having treatment people <laughs> there was no question there was something very wrong with me but um I do know people who like say particularly maybe you've got bowel cancer, you've been having treatment and your hair doesn't fall out. Right. And and then they've experienced people kind of saying to them, well, do you really have cancer? Or, you know, kind of that, like, mm -hmm. well, how sick are you if you haven't lost your hair? Um, because actually what, the kind of common conception is is that you have cancer and your cancer treatment will mean you're bald and then and that's how we all know you're sick and so when you don't fit that then I think people are suspicious and maybe not even thinking I mean I don't know what they think they might not think necessarily you're full-on faking cancer but maybe just that you're not quite as sick as you're making out to be right and that can be really tough because you know, the vast 99.999% of people would never claim to have an illness that they, they don't have just because, yeah. I mean, that's bad karma. Yeah, but <laughs> super bad karma is just yeah. the worst. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it, it's hard to imagine that. And I do think that one of the reasons that as a group, we're quite um, susceptible to people doing that is because cancer is so diverse that everyone's got a different treatment that two people with the same cancers can have so it's not like you can just know enough about cancer and go oh they're definitely you know <laughs> that's definitely not real um i was looking because one of our one of the top 
cancer scammers has got to be Belle Gibson. And oh, Belle. Belle. Yeah, oh. I don't Good know. Belle. If you haven't heard of Belle, she was one of the original like Instagram, whole food. She was, um, you know, considered to be beautiful and she was beating her brain cancer, her terminal brain cancer with a whole foods diet and everything was gorgeous. And you know, she got huge. So Apple um, flew her out. They were going to put her app, the whole pantry, on the Apple Watch. Um, She had a book deal with Penguin. She was on TV. And she shared her, her cancer journey, you know, the ups and downs. And she claimed to have several different types of cancer, which is unusual. Um, And then I did some research. It's not as unusual as I thought it was. So even after being around the cancer world for for as long as I have, it is rare. But the thing is about cancer is anything can happen. And there is a um, disorder, and they reckon that only like a thousand people in the whole world have it, where you're just susceptible to loads of different types of cancer. Um, So you could be, you know, you could have several and they won't be, they'll all be primary cancers. But yes, Belle, what what did you think of her? Did you, did you know her before she was exposed as a fraud? I think I came to her near the end because I think I had seen something when near the end when she kind of started to lose it and she came out saying she had all these cancers I mean it was bizarre right because Mm. I know that you can have different types of cancer but she kind of came out I can't remember the exact order but it was basically like she had terminal brain cancer and then all of a sudden she had like skin cancer bowel cancer you know gynecological cancers like eight different types of cancers and I remember thinking well that doesn't sound right and then sure Mm. enough it kind of it all blew up so I'm, you know, lucky that I never downloaded her app or paid her money, but she made a lot of money off of that Mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, she claimed she was giving some of it to charity. I don't think there's any evidence that she ever did. Um, And I mean, she's, I I think she's not a well person. (laughs) If you, I mean, if anyone's listening to this and they want to do a deeper dive, the 60 Minutes Australia interview (laughs) with her is well worth watching, but Mm. she yeah I mean there's something psychologically a bit off I think yeah definitely and it brings up a really interesting point doesn't it because like you say we get the vibe that sense of like this doesn't feel right but you also don't want to be the like asshole who like challenges someone who really does have cancer exactly so like when I knew someone the, the person I knew when I was younger I remember reading the letters and going, that doesn't sound like a letter from a re- like from a real clinic. Like having been through it, obviously I was the worst person to try confiding because I knew what kind of things you normally get in a letter. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, but it took a good six months before I was willing to even talk, say to another friend, well, is there anything that, you know, and I just, <laughs> I didn't want to be the person who did that first and was proved wrong. So actually you do put yourself in a kind of, you sort of protect yourself with this, you know, well, who's going to challenge someone who's got cancer? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the issue with Belle Gibson is that no one really challenged her, even all the publishers of her book and Apple and all that kind of stuff. And later on, when they did a, they sort of went back and looked at what went wrong. I think everyone said, oh, well, we just, you know, no one thinks someone's going to make that up. So no one had asked to see a clinic letter or a yeah, a note from her doctor. Mm. Um, and so many people had given up. 
um, their treatments to yeah. do what she was doing and, you know, go on that diet and and not take any other medicine. Um, and, you know, she had absolutely no sense of responsibility about that. Like, just, nope, did not take it on board. But that can be devastating for people that, you know, really look to someone as an inspiration. But Belle is not the only one out there that's mm-hmm. done that. Because although Belle was very, very clearly exposed as a fraud, there are other people who it's just misleading. It's, you know, they say, oh, you know, I'm on this special diet. I'm doing this. I've cured myself. Um, I'm thinking particularly of like this video. Oh, my God. I mean, it totally sucked me in. I remember just going, oh, wow, like that's that's amazing. They never mentioned the fact that they were also going through treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's actually, um, I would say, I mean, is it a hobby? It's not a big hobby, but one of the things I like to do with people like that is try to figure out, well, what treatment did you actually have? Because there are some people, I'm not even going to name them because I don't want to give them traffic, but there, there's a, per, a specific person I'm thinking of on Instagram who runs this kind of like, oh, I, I beat cancer by, you know, going vegan and whole foods and all that kind of stuff and um, bowel cancer. But if you look at the story, um, well, no, you had surgery. That's probably what cured your bowel cancer. Not, you know, I'm not doubting that eating good food has probably helped you, but like, let's be clear that what probably helped you more was having the tumor removed surgically, right? Yeah. And that doesn't get talked about enough. No, it's like, it's it's a part of a picture that we often get. And, you know, these are people in our social media feeds. These are people that, like, we might have been given their books or read their books. I mean, I remember, like, just the other day, I was like, where did the crazy, sexy cancer girl go? Like, is she still around? Like, what was her deal? Like, she suddenly came back in. But at the time, like, I was like, ooh, you know, maybe this is, you know, what what I should do more of, you know? Um, And do you know if she's still around? She, yeah. Do you know her, Claire? I don't know. Um, yeah. Hello. So I, Hello. it's funny because I went on to a real, down a real rabbit hole when I was recovering from cancer and read her book and um, watched her. She had a DVD, which I ordered back in the day when you watched DVDs. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, she is still around. And to be fair to her, I don't, I mean, she's not a scammer at all, Mm-mm. but I think she has quite a rare form of slow growing cancer. So, you know, when you say, or when, I guess it's when you read that someone has stage four cancer and they've changed their life and they're eating all of this stuff and it's working for them and you think, oh great, that will work with me. Well, actually you might not have the same type of cancer as they do, right? And I mean, again, in her case, it might have, the fact she's still here might have nothing to do with what she's eating. It might just be that she's got a very slow growing cancer, which is great you know, for her, Um, but possibly not so great if people are giving up more traditional treatment that will definitely help them to go and juice some wheatgrass. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's an experiment of one. Like that's not a huge sample size, you know, and something can seem to be working for one person. But yeah, it's also individual. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always just really skeptical if there's any 
sense of kind of exclusivity of it. I think that's the thing, isn't it? So like changing your diet and eating well and all those things is not a bad thing to do, of course, and it might help, but just doing that. And right. you know, when anything says, you you know, you can do it just by doing this. Just, mm-hmm. It's like that, um, all those internet things, just this one simple trick, you could be a millionaire. You're like, no, of course not. No, you don't believe that. So why would you believe it in the context of health? Yeah. Like, well, it's really it- unlikely. Also, all of these people who kind of say like, oh, big pharma is hiding the secret. Mm. You know, they don't want you to know. um, But if you buy my book, I'll tell you. Right. So don't it's sort of saying, oh, big pharma just wants to make money off of you. But actually, these people are selling something, too. Right. Mm -hmm, They are not um, neutral parties in all of this. They want your money so that you sign up to their program or buy their book or join their community, whatever that is. And, and the thing that's crazy about it in, in living in a country that, you know, we have socialized medicine is that the NHS, if there was any way that they could save money, right, they would be doing it. They'd be like, eat your acai in a tutu at midnight, you know, under a full moon. If, if you're surrounded by crystals, like whatever it was, they would get our asses out there doing that if that worked. Um, but, you know, it does have to be like a fairly large sample size and like a lot of research. And yes, if something came out, it would probably take some time um, until it was adopted. But I think the fact that we have... A system which would benefit from something being free is actually quite, you know, it's it's, it's really helpful. Yeah, no, really true. Yeah, I, I would totally dance around in a tutu under. <clears throat> I was just a, about to say, would you? Vision, visions of like an amazing piece of research with everyone in tutus <laughs> out at midnight, surrounded by crystals. <laughs> I'd sign up to it. That sounds great. <laughs> I mean, that could just be a Friday night for me. Yeah. <laughs> I do things like that anyway. I do know you like your crystals, Tatum. <laughs> I do. I do like some crystals. I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, um, you know, I've been given crystals from people and how I think of it is like it's it's a present and that's their kind of mm-hmm. energy. And I think, you know, there are certain types of um, materials where we kind of feel more comforted. And I think if we're touching something, we're even thinking about the energy in which it was given to us or the energy that we're putting into something that can be incredibly comforting. But there's a big difference between something giving you comfort and enjoyment or beauty and mm-hmm something that's saying it's going to cure you which... yeah and it's not to say that these things these like psychologically how our experience of cancer might be completely changed by a particular practice or mm. something that you have belief in or and and obviously this is not to poo-poo any of that like all that stuff if it works for you it works and that's brilliant but exactly like you say it's like at the cost of what of any other treatment that's when it gets to start to feel a bit to me a bit dangerous so there are these terms so there's like curative alternative um complementary um are you fairly familiar with those terms and what they mean well i mean i I think i am now because of (laughs) because I run shine and the line of work I'm in but I think beforehand no I wouldn't have known the difference between an alternative or a complementary therapy would you I mean I think I'm still confused about whether that therapy can be the same thing so like can you have um 
acupuncture or aromatherapy, you know, whatever it would be as an alternative, you know, can it qualify as an alternative therapy and a complementary therapy? Um, so, you know, it's just, I guess it, that would depend on your intention. If you are having it as an alternative to traditional medicine. Or as a complement to it. Or to complement. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's still a bit confusing. Yeah. I think the distinction is, one is that you have alongside other other practices and medicines and one is that it is an alternative and it's mm-hmm. held up as an as a treatment in itself yeah and you're turning down sort yeah. of con- conventional medicine exactly. to have an alternative therapy I was incredibly lucky. I was um, I was being treated in the Disney Cancer Center in LA um, when I got cancer, um, and it was this beautiful building. Um, it wasn't like Mickey Mouse or anything. I was just about to say it was like Pluto, your doctor. And... <laughs> no, but there were like gorgeous fountains. There were. Um, images that were like superimposed on the ceilings in like the radiation rooms. I mean, it was, it was lovely. It was so nice. Um, And the whole second floor was complementary therapies. And it was sound bath, Reiki, acupuncture, yoga, every hypnosis, um, group therapy, everything you could think of. And they were really working on the idea of like bringing everything in together. Because what can happen is someone takes a step outside and thinks, oh, maybe everything over there has the answer instead of actually like working together as a team. So if someone was going to give you herbs that they would have checked with the oncology department and everything, which, so I was really lucky that I had this sense of complementary, like right off the bat. But when you just venture out into that world, there are a lot of people that are like, oh, so did you have a trauma when you were about 11? That's what I'm sensing. Um, and I think that's what's caused your cancer. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to really work on that. And there's going to be a lot of sessions of energy work to really undo energy, that. Energy channels, I was yeah. about to say. It's going to yeah. be clearing your energy channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when those get blocked, mm-hmm. that's when. It's yeah. the right bugger. Yeah. <laughs> like way to make like you're so vulnerable this is the thing and you know who hasn't thought at some point in the middle of the night oh maybe 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 it did what did my trauma cause my cancer like but yeah. did did everyone else's trauma cause theirs mm-hmm. like what what's the strangest thing that you've puzzled in the middle of the night that you thought might have caused your cancer i mean i have so many but claire you go first no, I was just, I was going to say, because I was diagnosed at 17 originally. So it's almost like, I remember thinking, what did I do? Um, but also, I actually hadn't done that much. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I hadn't, hadn't kind of like lived a life of like crazy um, partying. You know, so it was like, there isn't much I could point to. But I do remember people around me definitely like, is it something, you know, bless her, my mum going, is it something I did? Is it something I took with you or pregnant? Is it this? Is it is it because we live in London and there's lots of pollution? Is it because, you know, so there, there's always those, those thoughts, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think even, you know, I was brought up in the, not strictly, but I kind of went to church, Catholic church, where it's a kind of, you know, 
punishment is rained down from it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> it makes you think. You're like, is this, have I done something? You know, all that. I remember years yeah. ago in the news, there was that talk, wasn't there, people with disabilities. Was it was it a football manager or something? So people with disabilities had, had sinned. It was because they'd sinned in a past oh, no. life. So you get those kind of thoughts. And it wasn't even yeah. something I believed. But the fact you've even got them there is not fun. No, I, I mean, I, I lived for a time in Vietnam and I thought, well, for sure, something there. I mean, you know, Vietnam didn't come out of the war with the U.S. sort of toxin free. It was laden with toxins. So I was like, well, maybe it's Agent Orange. You know, maybe I ate, I used to eat a lot of these green vegetables and I stir fried green vegetables. I thought maybe, you know, they are grown in toxic water. I remember sort of wading through the Saigon River when it flooded, which is really, I mean, it is a toxic soup. So maybe that gave you cancer, but maybe none of it did. Right. I mean, who knows? It could have been, you know, I used to fly a lot. You, you can read articles that say radio, you're flying mm -hmm. radiation will give you cancer. So, I mean, it's any, it's anything and everything. And so it is, I think that's like you said, Tatum, people, you're vulnerable, aren't mm -hmm. you? And you're, you want, you don't want it to happen again or to get worse. So mm -hmm. if, if I had really believed that flying had caused my cancer, well, I would never fly again in the same way that if someone could convince me that, you know, juicing celery every morning would stop it from coming back. Well, I'd probably do that too. Yeah. But you know, there's no evidence for either of those things, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I I um, also blamed mine again a three a three a.m. thought because um, I lived in Florida. I I mean I wasn't wading through any toxic rivers, but I just thought the whole state had caused it. <laughs> because Florida. Florida's fault. Uh, I mean, yeah. it is a weird place. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, that's the thing is like we are, you know, we are vulnerable. And, and I looked on Wikipedia, actually, and there is a list of unproven... Um, so they're not all scams. Some of them are complementary, but people have tried to say that they're curative. And there was hundreds of different things on there. Yeah. And one of the things was um, there is an, a psychotherapy, um, an anti-cancer psychotherapy that works on the premise that your thoughts and how you think caused your cancer. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So you need to learn not to think that way. Right. And then but, I guess your they... cancer goes away. But how do they know which thoughts? I know. I what, think just the bad ones or like Well, seemingly you're a type. You're a type of person that has cancer. So can you're a cancery type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So therefore you have to kind of, you know, rearrange the way you think. I'm sure these sessions cost a lot. But it's it's <clears throat> it was really interesting going through and kind of seeing almost like all the different ways that yeah that we're susceptible right like oh yeah. you know did you not deal with your childhood shit well enough you know did yeah. like yeah. are you that type do you think that way yeah and I well think I think a lot of people get asked I don't you guys have probably been asked too like I did like people would say oh, were you really stressed out before you had cancer mm -hmm. yeah stress caused it right it? Yeah. so many people will ask you that yeah. um and I mean, how stressed out were you at 17, Claire? Oh, yeah, super stressed. I had, yeah. like, exams and everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting that they seem to kind of fall into, like, there are different types of scams almost to reach different types of, you know, mindsets. So you've yeah. got the ones that are all about, like, emotions and psychology, the ones that are kind of more wellness and health and nutrition. And, and then you have the ones that are sort of quite, they sound quite sciencey. Like, have mm. you guys heard of the... 
them weird electromagnetic machine things that yes. cancer machines. Yeah. Like people, they've set up clinics with these things. I think there's one example is called, I looked it up, it's called like a Rife machine. And apparently oh. it sends out electromagnetic waves and reads it like, it tunes into the electrical impulses of your cancer cells. I mean, it's it's all been proved, you know, well, it's not been proved. <laughs> Has it been problem, disproved? It? This is the problem. It's like, can you disprove something if it doesn't cause any damage? That mm. yeah, interesting point. I don't know. It, but it definitely it could... to, they've sued people for having clinics and convicted them of fraud. So, I mean, I, I guess that's a big enough statement that it doesn't work. Isn't it? That's what I was going to say. I mean, the damage, it might not make you worse, but yeah. if it convinces your people, it's going to make them better and it doesn't, and then mm -hmm. they get even sicker and die, well, then that's yeah. not good, that's is it? Damage. That's yeah. damage. Yeah. The, the other, there's also a kind of category, I think, of, of, of sort of products and scams going down the wellness route, but ones that sort of harken back to ancient knowledge, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so, so one of my, my favorites, and this is what I spent this morning looking at, I got sucked in deep to some Facebook groups, um, <laughs> is uh, Black Salve. Um, which like, I cannot say strongly enough, please do not get yourself any black salve. But basically people believe that this ancient North American root will, um, has the power to basically you put a poultice of um, black salve on your body and it will filter down through your skin. It will kill the tumor. And then the tumor will basically work its way out and so it will produce at some point, the tumors will come out of this bulging, disgusting mess where you put the burning black salve on and, and then you're often left with a scar, but that's okay because the, the tumor has come out of your body. Um, and there are some wow. really horrific photos online of people who have used black salve and it's not gone well. No. Um, but then a lot of people who still seem to be using it, but there's, a, there was a woman that I went again, did a deep dive on this morning who had claimed to be using it for her breast cancer, saying that she was removing micro tumors. Um, but she just had this one big tumor she couldn't get rid of. Um, so eventually she needed to have surgery. <laughs> um, but I can't find anything from her from since about 2017. So I'm not sure what happened. Mm. I'm not sure the black salt worked. Um, but yeah, it basically can disfigure you and it's not getting rid of your cancer. Oh, that is, that sounds horrendous. It really is. But like these really like creative ways of being wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? People, <laughs> yeah. like, they re that's like they really invest in the backstory, don't they? Yeah. Yes. And that, you know, this is a, it's ancient wisdom passed down from the indigenous people of North America who knew about this route. And it's been mm -hmm. covered up by forces that don't want us to know that you can yeah. just buy this for yeah. nothing and burn the cancer out of you. It's yeah. crazy. Or you have those groups that claim that there was no cancer until just recently, that it's oh, a yes. new phenomenon, even though they found it in ancient Egypt, um, like it's it's always been around. Um, but yeah. they'll say, no, it's a, a new phenomenon and yeah. It's it's really it's really quite challenging, and it's it, it's quite challenging um, on all sides because it it does tug into those essential fears and our mortality. I mean, it doesn't get much yeah. more essential than that, does it? 
Um, I watched a um, talk in person, um, which was not good for the woman that was running the talk, um, where she basically did every single one of these, how you think, how you eat, um, that it was your fault from whatever you thought in the past. Um, and that if you undid all of this and paid her lots of money, that, you know, your cancer would go. I mean, it was so blatant. And everyone there was like clapping and smiling. And I just, I couldn't, I could, I was just sitting on my hands and then biting my tongue. And then I thought, I'm not biting my tongue anymore. And I said, so tell me, how much do you make from each one of these treatments? And um, she kind of uh, clocked that I was not um, a helpful person in the audience. And I went up to her <laughs> afterwards and I said, you know, what you're doing, it was like a lot of um, really, really detrimental things. I said, what you're doing is blaming people who have cancer and it's not you're not doing it in a way that's empowering you're doing it in a way that their family members think that you know because they're not taking this you know crazy thing that they're giving up you know and and i said you're really ruining people's lives spreading this and there was like a group of people around and someone like immediately gave me a hug afterwards and went, thank you, thank you so much for saying that. Um, but it was really hard. I didn't know what to say. Like, I, I'd love to have gone up and said exactly the right thing, you know, that perfect. But actually, in the face of that, it was really hard. Yeah. And she had said so many mistruths. Like, there wasn't even half. There wasn't even ambiguous little statements. Yeah. It was just clearly one after the other one fear after the other um but she did probably get some business that day yeah which was and, well, and i think that's the thing that's really hard you know like the bell gibsons of the world who maybe encouraged people yeah. to stop their treatment and to go down a different route which wasn't going to help them actually that is really damaging right yeah. and potentially killing mm. people and mm. and and yet they make money off of it. And mm -hmm. that's, yeah. 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 I mean, it almost like you guys who know me will know my interest in cults. Um, <laughs> but like, it really, it doesn't sound too dissimilar from right. looking at how like cult leaders work. You know, they kind of, they will convince you that they are the only people with the answer. And that if you don't follow them, then you're not going to have the path to wherever you want to get to. And, it, mm -hmm. you know, there are so many parallels. They cut you off from your fact, you know, they, they, they say, this is the only way. If you do that, then you can't be part of this group. You know, you're mm -hmm. kind of ostracized. Mm -hmm. They take your money. And then it's kind of like when you read about something like Scientology, you know, they've spent, by the time you spent a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand $200,000, you're in. And then you feel kind of like, well, I'm committed now. I spent right. all this, I've got to commit and, and I can't back out. And, so it is, it just highlights, doesn't it, how difficult it is to challenge those people mm -hmm. as well. Like like you say, Tatum, what would have been the perfect, the perfect thing to say to that person? She was it's offering really one of those electric machines. That was one of the treatments, yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, and actually when I looked in her eyes, like there was nothing. There was nothing behind her eyes. So yeah, mm. like, I mean, you know, kind of classic. Or she didn't put the, the, the glamour on for me. 
I'm sure she glamours other people. <laughs> I'm sure her eyes sparkle and dance um, with the idea of dollar signs. But yeah, like that level of coldness is really hard to confront. Yeah, and I think you see that. I mean, there's other sort of quote unquote therapies out there, aren't there, where you can go away somewhere, Germany, for example, but also <laughs> you know, the US or probably even parts of the UK, although I think it's more regulated, but, you know, where someone, you know, I don't know, they, they people have died because they paid $2,000 for a baking soda infusion or, yeah. um, you know, they they only eat fruits and vegetables and they have coffee enemas three times a week and, you know, that kind of stuff is I also... Think it, the you know, enemas are three times a day. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. wow. So, yeah. I mean... You'd literally, like, live on the toilet, right? Ah. Uh, like, how would that... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I know. I know. So, are there any favourite cancer scams that we haven't um, covered yet that you have? Oh, I mean, I'm always, it's, I mean, Gypsy Rose, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, who actually, you know, bless her, it was not her scam, it was her mum's scam. It was a kind of Munchausen's by proxy situation, who, um, I mean, that story is just insane. Can you tell us the story? Um, So essentially, this little girl, and I'm not quite sure from what age, um, was told by her mother that she was sick and was kept in a wheelchair and she couldn't walk and her she was told she had cancer that she had a kind of leukemia but also that she had a plethora of other illnesses um and this girl i mean i think she was mid-teens but she looked about eight or nine because she was so tiny um had been taken from doctor to doctor and basically her mother would take her to a doctor and convince them to do some kind of treatment or surgery or something and then the doctor would kind of twig and realize that something wasn't right I don't quite know how they twigged after doing surgery but Mm. that's another story um and eventually uh yeah eventually would just move on to the next doctor I think it's obviously quite different in the states where you can it's a bit easier to do that isn't it um but yeah this poor girl apparently her mother had just been basically tranquilizing her and giving her a load of drugs for years because she got kind of she got support from people around her. They got money to, you know, people fundraise new for house. them to do new house. Mm. Um, and eventually, I mean, the reason I know the story is my true crime head is because eventually Gypsy Rose worked out what was going on and secretly snuck off and met a boy and they ended up killing her mother. So, I mean, it all didn't end very happily at all. It didn't end well for anyone. No. Nobody, nobody's happy. Um so yeah this poor girl who'd been part of this kind of scam for her whole growing up ended up in prison i mean the whole situation is just awful but i mean yeah you know there there is when you were talking about that it also made me think of another reason why uh, us as a community are particularly vulnerable is that for many of us we've had something go wrong within the legit you know, the the medical system. Like we've been misdiagnosed. We weren't listened to. It took several or eight or nine um, attempts to get a doctor. We were dismissed. Um, We were told that we were too young. And so when 
we've been either dismissed or discredited or we have a fear of the medical establishment and then someone else is saying, oh, I have the answers, you know, and the fact that, yeah, like so many mistakes can happen, like with Gypsy, that all those doctors miss that for so many years, you know, is it's such a... you understand why we can sort of leap with like, oh, well, maybe there's another way where yeah. I'll be listened and, to. And I think that's the narrative that a lot of these sorts of people, they prey on as well, right? Because a lot of them, I, I I can't, I don't really want to name a specific other cancer scammer, but there are a number of people out there who will claim, like we were talking about earlier, that they cured themselves, they with whatever you know whether it's mistletoe or wheatgrass um after having a terrible time where they weren't taken seriously by the medical establishment Mm. and so i think then like you're right as patients you go oh well they had a tough time too Mm. so if they're throwing out conventional therapy and going down this alternative route maybe that's what i should do and that's kind of how they make their money but what you often find if you go deep is they either never explain what treatment they really had or they will, if they do admit to having treatment, that's not the thing that saved them, right? Um, yeah. And so it, that's really difficult because you might relate to them on some level because they they can reflect your experience. You had a hard time being yeah. diagnosed. People didn't take you seriously. The doctor was a bit of a jerk, that kind of stuff. But that doesn't necessarily mean that what they do afterwards is, um, is right either. Mm. Yeah. Well, just show, like I was going to say as well that what it what it taps into really isn't it is is they offer certainty these people they're so sure whereas often medics and i think some of the best doctors will be really clear about i can't guarantee you know Mm. i'm really hopeful that this treatment will help you but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say 100 percent this will cure you know that and, and it's that we talk about it a lot in shine don't we living with uncertainty and that's really hard and then if you've got someone out there who appears to offer you a definite 100% solution mm-hmm. and be completely like that's appealing when you're yeah. feeling like I just want someone to, to make these decisions for me or, you know, or to take that feeling of like what if away. Yeah. If you can have 100% faith in something, then wow, that's powerful really is. So if somebody is teetering on the edge, they've read an article about an upcoming cure um, and they're wondering, like, is this something that I should fly to another country for? Is there a place that they can go to have a look and check out the science? So, I mean, there are a few websites that we use at Shine. Certainly the Cancer Research UK website has a lot of information on it about you know, cancer treatment and how they work, as well as um, they often have blogs if something has come out in the press saying, you know, eating a rasher of bacon a day is going to kill you. They might write a blog to explain why that's probably not the case. Um, I think there's also an organization called Sunspot Science, which is really useful to look at. And I think that it's this organization that has something that says something like oh it um it's not gonna hurt me is it um but actually some of this stuff does hurt you black salve will hurt you eating five fruits and vegetables a day probably is gonna be fine that's what we should all be doing um so you know i think it's about finding balance and that's probably what they encourage um and the other uh website which we use sometimes is Memorial Sloan Kettering, which is in the US, Um, but they've got a sort of online encyclopedia of lots of herbs and um, 
you know, alternative treatments and it will explain what the evidence for and against them is. Um, so that can be useful. But I think also going to talk to your doctor and just, you know, if you are thinking of doing something or taking something, just speaking to them to make sure that whatever it is you do isn't going to hurt you yeah. and um, doesn't interfere with your treatment as well. Because some of this stuff, it might be a herb. Um, I feel like saying herbs and spices, but I think they don't use spices that way, but it, it might be a herb, but it doesn't mean it's not powerful. Right. Yeah. I remember, I don't know how true, I mean, I, I just remember it as a random thing that I wasn't allowed to drink green tea during my radiation, but that was the oh. doctor that told me that. And I still have this like white green tea that I loved. Um, oh. And I was like, really? A cup of tea wouldn't make a difference. Um, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, lots, aren't they? that was yeah, the so radiation doctor that told me that, um, you know, but um, so yeah, it is, it is good just to run it, run it by them. You were going to say, I feel Claire? like I drank a lot of green tea. I didn't have radiation, <laughs> but I certainly went through a green tea phase. Like yeah. this will stop my cancer from coming back. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just going to say there are there are quite a few, um, particularly chemotherapy tablets. I think that you you know there are all sorts of foods you're just not allowed to eat on them. Mm. Like um, I have a good friend who can't have anything with lemon or cranberries or you know like it's quite a long list. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely worth checking these things out. Yeah. So if there is something that someone comes across that's like a complementary, you know, um, that they're not doing for a curative intent, but just to feel good while going through treatment. Um, is there like a certain, like anywhere that you would recommend going to make sure that your complementary therapist isn't going to you know, <laughs> unload some weird um, theory of your cancer onto you? I must admit, like I, the fact that I have no idea speaks, speaks quite a lot about yeah. this area, doesn't it? Like, yeah. obviously we, we come across a lot of different organizations and groups and so many people who've gone through all, all treatment and I still don't know. I don't know where is reliable. Like, I mean, if it's someone was really attached to, yeah, attached to a hospital, but then it is, you know, it's, it's going back to the medical side, isn't it? Yeah. I um, think the question that you always have to ask is like, who's making money out of this, right? So if, and are they selling you a package of things with that certainty Claire talked about, or are they just saying, you know, this might be something that, yeah, gives you comfort or makes you feel better, right? So, yeah. you know, a mm -hmm. massage, um, if you're allowed to have a massage with your treatment or, um, you know, aromatherapy, that kind of stuff. Um, and like you said, is often offered by reputable cancer centers. So mm -hmm. your Maggie's centers, that kind of thing. Um, you know, that's probably okay. But it's when someone starts wanting to charge you a lot of money um, because they know the truth, um, that's when I would always yeah. have a question. Yeah. yeah yeah I think as well like anyone who's willing any practitioner who's willing to really get into the you know get into a chat with you about it and fits so that you could say I'm not sure about this what do you think and anyone who's like I'm a hundred percent certain I'd be like no I'm dubious of you now mm -hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I think anyone I always thought that my acupuncturist, who was amazing, I loved her and like I had some amazing experiences during my chemo. I went to acupuncture twice a week. I loved it. Um, I always thought that like 
she was she would be biting her lip like she she wanted to say other things but she didn't say it when she was in the cancer center because she knew she couldn't um but i imagine she had lots of theories in her mind but yeah sometimes in places like cancer centers even therapists know kind of the boundaries of what they should and should not say and will have had some kind of training in that hopefully um so yeah and those things can be incredibly helpful so um to finish off so to take ourselves away from all the fraudsters and scammers for a minute and should we say something that we love about the real cancer community the legitimate wow. ones that the aren't trying to sell you anything yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm I mean, also, it's, I also think at this point it's worth saying that between us, we've probably come into contact with thousands of people yeah. who've had cancer and how many, you know, the, this is not the norm, is no. it? Like, we can trust the cancer community that we have. Like, let's not stop being skeptical about everything and everyone in <laughs> it. Because um, the reality is, for me, the cancer community is just such an amazing place to share all this stuff. And, like, my favorite thing, personally, is sense of humor around it all like the oh no of... you stole mine that's what i was gonna oh, say oh i'm sorry kind <laughs> just got in the early um but yeah the fact you couldn't like obviously not everything is funny but you can have a sense of humor about yeah. some of it and and being able to share that and in ways that you might feel limited around friends and family who you know sometimes are a bit more sensitive <laughs> um that's one of my favorite things yeah, I'm just going to, I'm not going to change what I'm going to say. I was going to say exactly the same thing. I think the sense of humor and I guess the friendships as well. Um, you know, I'm lucky to have met you guys through, through having cancer. Um, but uh, I think, you know, hopefully through Shine or through the wider cancer community, people get to meet other people who can support them and who can um, understand what they're going through, but also give them a shoulder to cry on and a shoulder to laugh with, right? So someone that you can laugh at the ridiculous things that happen. And and so you've got someone who can bring you a picture of black salve and a <laughs> weird electromagnetic machine that will cure you and you can have a laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so much fun and I really appreciate everybody and all of you listening to this today. Um, feel free to get in touch. We are now on Podbeam. So we're on Amazon. We're on um, all the places we're on google podcasts we're on itunes now so if you see us please rate us <laughs> please subscribe and um, we'll be doing a podcast once a month and we are very happily to be supported by radio facilities who are recording us today um Yay. yes and they are fabulous um and so we couldn't be doing this without them so till next time bye bye bye